Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and chavruta, Yerdena Osband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Chagiga, daf Yud Aleph, page 11. And with page 11, we're going to close our first chapter, and we're going to open our second chapter in a Masachet of three, you know, only three relatively short prakim. Uh, we're really um, chugging through it, which I guess we all figured when we knew that we had three weeks until the next siyum. Um This Amud, this Really, Ahmed Aleph, which because right, the second pair begins on Ahmed Bet, the first Ahmed really basically follows along the lines of everything that we already spoke about yesterday in terms of how the Gemara comes to flesh out the, you know, the citations that prove that, in fact, there is basis for all of these different areas of halacha in the Torah Shabbat I'm sorry, in the Torah Shabbat that the Torah Shabbat is elaborating on. Um, and so we're not going to go through those details again because we've already, I mean, the the content is there and it's rich, but we're not going to um, hit it um, straight on today. I just want to look at the business of go to the if you look at the very bottom of Ahmed Aleph and look to Ahmed Bet. Um, so it says Arayot Mechtav Ketuv whatever um, right. It says specifically that we're talking about Arayot right, and the Arayot are forbidden. Right? Those are explicit in the Torah and. The Gemara says, Lo me anusato So what's not written when you go through all of the, you know, forbidden illicit sexual relations, it's a, specifically does not include the daughter from the woman a man has raped. That's not specified explicitly in the Torah. Namely, it is forbidden for a man to have sexual relations with the daughter who is his progeny via rape. Um, He's not that she's not the daughter of his wife. He did not marry her mother. And nonetheless, that relationship would be prohibited. And I kind of want to say, like, well, yeah, do you really need a verse to teach that that's prohibited? But and the answer is you don't. You don't really need a verse because there isn't one. And yet the Gemara understands, in fact, that that relationship is indeed prohibited. Um, the Gemara, you know, the the issue here is that there are always going to be cases that are not explicit in the Torah, right? Like, what about a granddaughter, right? The granddaughter is also not, you know, within the realm of what's accept what's acceptable here, right? Um, so I want to just make it clear that, like, you just because you might have thought that marriage is what is mentioned in the Torah, that would suggest that not married would make this kind of thing okay. The answer is no, and. And I think that we're fine with that, right? Meaning, I don't think we ever need to think that written law needs to explicitly state every possible imaginable case when there's also a certain amount of, like, we can extrapolate from the cases that we do know to arrive at our logical conclusions to the other cases. So then, right, so the Gemara here says specifically, um, it, it goes... Hain hain gufa Torah, right? We saw this from the Mishnah that these are the essential parts. Hain hain meaning these, or these and these are the essential parts of the Torah, and that's specifically the Tumentara and the Arayot and the and the monetary laws, right? That's what the Mishnah is referring to. And the Gemara here says, Hani in Hanachlo. So the Gemara says, like, you say that these things, meaning where there's a lot of discussion in the written law, that's the essence of the Torah, but the rest of it isn't the essence of the Torah? Meaning, really? So rather, we should say that these and the these and those, meaning not these and these, 
meaning those few categories that are explicit in the Torah, but these and those, those things that were not explicitly stated in the Torah are also essential to the Torah, meaning whether it is written out um, in great detail or written out in a way for us to kind of like derive and understand what they should be, that's also, you know, the essence of the Torah. Um, and part of the issue is this expression, hein hein, right? Because hein hein, I mean, in modern Hebrew, it became like a chen chen, becomes like a thank you kind of formal term. But hein hein really just means these and these, right? So how, how do you break that down to know what the reference are, right? The references of hein and also hein. So you can read it legitimately either way. But I do think that the, you know, let's derive it here. The essence of the page is talking about the fact that things that are not specified in great detail in the written Torah are still essential to the Torah, even when we have to kind of come at them um, through other, you know, logical means or so on. So um, on the one hand, I feel like this this stuff and the previous stuff are really about, you know, as nitty gritty into the details of how the Torah and the Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat work together. And on the other hand, we've got this like very sweeping statement about the fact that all of this, meaning once you're in the camp, all of this is Torah and it is all essential. And I think there's something very powerful in that kind of presentation. Um, and I would say like, it's kind of tucked away here at the end of the first paragraph of Chagiga. You might've expected, I might've expected it to be somewhere in, you know, a more prominent, I, I don't know what, like, I don't know why I feel this is tucked away any more than any other location in Shas, but here it is. And I feel like, and and so we should learn, like we should take this home with us. We're going to move on to your den. I'm going to hand it over to you for Perk Bet. And then like, then we're back in Chagiga, you know, go ahead. Right. We're back in Chagiga, but we're not back in Chagiga. So the, the mission, the new Perk actually starts in a very strange place. Um, so the previous mission, the last mission of Perk Aleph talked about um, basically, you know, uh, for, well, one of the topics was Arias, right? It talked about all of these things that are basically, you know, hung by a thread, right? And um, one of those things was Arias. And so now, based on that discussion, the Mishnah gets into certain topics that basically should be limited in the number of people who learn it together. Right? So laws that talk about forbidden unions should not uh, learn together people. And which I think is very interesting. Um, and we'll talk a little bit uh, later on uh, why that uh, why that is exactly. Um, uh, and then uh, we finally get to the right. So that needs only two people. So the Masa Merkava um, is uh, is, you know, a very famous uh, chapter uh, in Yechezkel that sort of describes, you know, this uh, chariot or this, you know, uh, that's literally what Merkava means. Um, and, uh, but it describes like sort of these four angelic beings who are there on this throne of God's glory. Um, and that's what that's referring to. Uh, and then, midato. So unless that person is a scholar and could arrive on an understanding of it of his own. Um, so uh, the Gemara is going to explain exactly what that means, um, right? And that, uh, you know, what exactly that is. Now the Mishnah sort of uh, goes through other 
areas that we shouldn't sort of uh, think about or study, basically, or not inquire about. People who uh, sort of contemplate these four things, it would be better for him to never have come into the world, which is a pretty harsh statement to make. Mala, 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 mata. What, what is above and what is below, right? So, uh, you know, what exactly that means. Uh, some people say it literally means what is below actually refers to, Rashi actually says this, what is below earth. Um, you know, some people say meaning, uh, you know, more like the concepts that are associated uh, with earth, but it's very interesting that some people say it means actually that. Um, and then what is above, right, that I think, you know, some people say it's sort of like, uh, you know, what the, the boundary between, you know, us and Shemayim, um, or thinking about things that are sort of like beyond our comprehension that are Lamala from us. Bokoshalo, um, sorry, Mali Malahor, what is before and what is after? Um, and so people take this to mean like actually literally, right? Like what's you know, you know, meaning it's like a place. Um, the you know of uh, you know because if you you know it's an actual place like meaning it's the eastern half and the western half of the world or northern and su southern which is very interesting I think um, but there's other uh, uh, the Maharal says that it has to do with uh, parts of creation the Kol Chas Al Kibod Kono and whoever has heed for the honor of his creator so in other words somebody who sort of is not uh, you know, thinking about uh, or, or or doesn't behave in a way that brings honor to God, it would have been better for him to never come to this world. Very, very interesting Mishnah. And it's one of those Mishnahs, Anne, that I feel like we could do a, an hour-long podcast on just by itself. So just a couple of notes about this Mishnah. I'm not going to actually read much of the Gemara. I think we should just really talk about the Mishnah itself today. So when we talk about these uh, topics that we can't learn, right, of the um, Oriot, uh, right, you know, forbidden unions, um, and Masa Bereshit and uh, Masa Merkava. So I think a riot is understandable, right? The reason for that would be that sort of, you know, these are things that should be taught maybe in a more private way, in a more Tsanua way. I think that's the, you know, more modest way. Um, and then there are things that we, you know, we should teach sort of, uh, you know, very publicly over the large group of people. When it comes to Masa Bereshit and Masa Merkava, right? thinking about the creation of the world and then Master Merkava, which is sort of this prophetic vision that uh, Yechezkel has, which sort of gives a physical manifestation uh, to God's, uh, you know, to God's glory, um, you know, to God's kavod, um, you know, I think that's a little bit more um, interesting. And so like uh, the Rambam, for example, says that like Master Bereshit is, let's say, the natural world. Master Merkava is the metaphysical world. Um, and I would encourage everybody, I, I'm not going to do justice to it here, um, but, you know, if you have a little bit of time, look at some of the Mepharshim um, or read about this a little bit, because um, this is obviously, you know, a topic about what is it about these, especially. Um, and then in terms of the four topics where it says, would have been better if that person basically had been brought into the world, right? What is before and what is after? Those are two topics. And the second two, uh, sorry, the first two is what is above and what is below. And the second two are what is before and what is after. And again, I would encourage you just look at the Mepharshim, but I think overall what that's trying to say is essentially like 
don't contemplate what like you really can't contemplate or have an answer for. Um, you know, I think we all know that there are sort of existential questions <laughs> that we just we're not going to be able to answer. Um, you know, I'm sure not everyone's going to agree with this particular outlook of the Mishnah, right? I think particularly as modern learners, we sort of have a sense of like everything should be taught, everything should be learned, everything should be out in the open. Um, but I still think, you know, there's what to learn from this, right? I, I, I particularly look at the second half, you know, of sort of, I think some we do spend too much time contemplating these types of existential questions. It actually prevents us from being part of the actual world that we're in, right? Like if you get so caught up in like, what came before us? What came after us? What's my purpose here? I, I kind of think that's why the mission is saying it's better they weren't even in this olam because you're not appreciating this olam. You're worried about everything else. Um, but a very, very interesting mission. So I'm thinking here, Dana, that Chagiga here, for all that it has all this to talk about the shlamim, obviously, I feel like there's also like all these odds and ends, bits and parts. I wonder, and I say like, let's hold this as an open question for the next two chapters. Are we going to see roundup of Seder Moed in Chagiga? The same way that sometimes we've seen roundup, you know, in the last chapter of a Masachet or the last couple of Dapim of a Masachet. I'm a little bit curious now, like, because this discussion is, I mean, like, where else was it going to take place? So it might as well take place here. But on the other hand, it's not like characteristic of something. So I'm wondering if we're now going to see a whole hodgepodge. I've learned the Mishnah of Chagiga in the past, and I don't remember. Maybe I wasn't thinking in this kind of vein of characterizing things. Um, but I've also never learned the Dapim, you know, the Gemara itself before. So I'm curious, and I, I pose it as a an open question as we go forward. Yeah, I, I it's interesting that it's placed here in Chagiga. Uh, again, I'm going to make a connection, which we said in yesterday's, which is, Chagiga in itself is sort of a mysterious mitzvah, like Ri'ia, Chagiga. These are not straightforward mitzvahs, right? Like the concept of being, you know, see, being seen and seen, uh, you know, is strange. And the, you know, where we get the Chagiga from is also not so clear cut. And so I wonder if that's why this Masachat is sort of taking a little bit of a tangent to sort of discuss those things that are a little bit more difficult to comprehend. That's our tough discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcasts. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think about this and our new take on Masachat Chagiga. Um, thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn.